Don't worry, it's not a bad edit of today's podcast. This is uh, a pre-podcast to the main show. That's coming up in a minute. We need you to settle an argument. Who is the most popular fight disciple? Serious. <laughs> Me and have been having a little bit of a chat about this in our off-season. We've been having a drink. We've been having a little bit of back and forth. And we've come up with an argument as to who is the most popular fight disciple after the last eight years of churning out this content for you, free, day by day, week by week, in the world of boxing and in the world of MMA. We want to know. We want you to settle it because he genuinely thinks it's him. He genuinely <laughs> thinks... That out of the three of us, and remember, there's three of us. There's me, him, and Mike. <laughs> you can't see on camera right now. Yeah. Nick Pete genuinely believes he's the most popular fight disciple by some country man. And we've come up with an idea of how this can either be proved or disproved. <laughs> we get messages on a regular basis from you saying that we'd love to get out on the air with you. We'd love to buy you a beer. All right. Now's the time to put your money where your mouth is. We're going to set up a link on our website. We're going to put it all over our social medias. All you've got to do is click that link. That link will give you the opportunity to genuinely buy us a beer. Get but the ale in. You've got a choice here. You can either buy one beer and be a stingy bastard and just buy it for one of us. Or you can buy two beers. You can buy it for both of us. Or you can buy it for all three of the Fight Disciples, Mike, our producer included. It is completely up to you. We're going to run this throughout the whole of Advent. Now, obviously, through that month of December as we build up towards Christmas. And we're just asking you to get the ale in. It's your round, man. Come on. So the link will be on our X or Twitter, as it used to be called. It'll be all over our Instagram. There's a website link, fightdisciples.com slash beer. You can head to that. It's dead simple. You can pay via Apple Pay or via PayPal. That's, the, that's it. You just click the link. It'll come up. Buy the lads a beer. You can either buy one beer, two beers. Three beers. You can even buy that, buy more beers if you want, if you want to show your total appreciation for the free content that comes your way. Just settle the argument because in there's a box there, a message section. So if you're only buying one beer, you can say who you're buying that beer for. All right? Settle the argument because he's a smug fucker and he genuinely <laughs> believes that this whole ship sinks without him, right? Let me tell you now, yeah, there are housewives around the world currently scrambling for their mobile phones to register their vote in favor of the housewives favorites. That's a fact. Let me just make this clear though, as well. This is not a Patreon. This is not a must do. This is no. not a sign up. Or it's you an don't ego trip. This, you don't it's get an that. ego trip. This That's is pure is. ego. This is pure ego. But also it's the fact that every event we go to, when we see people at ringside and cage side and, fight disciples and we're gabbing to them in corridors and getting in and out of taxis and everything else. You always say the same thing. Where are we having a beer later? And one day we will have a mass gathering, a live show, a big beer when we come together. But in the meantime, settle the bet. Jump on. There's a comment section when you get to leave a beer as well. So get the ale in. Let the world know who the number one fight disciple is. And if Norman wins, I'm going to be fuming. That's it. If Norman wins, I, Norman Price wins this, I'm going to be fuming. Let's so there be you go. Without Norman Price, our producer... You wouldn't see this. You wouldn't see any of this nonsense. So maybe just buy him an ale and fuck us two off. Anyway, <laughs> the link will be on our X Twitter, as it's referred to. It'll be on our Instagram. There's a website link, fightdisciples.com slash beer. You won't be able to miss it because we're going to be plastering it everywhere for the next four weeks. And this little video will be on the start of every single podcast. You'll be sick to the sight of it. So make sure you click the link, buy someone or all of us a beer, and settle the argument. Right. Exactly. Let's get on with the, the minge bags. <laughs> Let's get on with the free stuff. It's today's podcast. This, 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 Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 817. We're the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing preview for the weekend coming up. Before we get stuck into it, please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Every audio feed under the sun is there waiting for you. And we're also available on YouTube as well, where you will find us under Fight Disciples. Thank you very much if you've already come across and are watching us on a regular basis on YouTube and interacting with us and getting stuck in with your, uh, with your comments in the comments section. And uh, thank you very much uh, for all those that have already put their hand in the pocket and bought us a beer. Beautiful. Nice stuff. Um, take it aback. 
by uh, by the love and support that you've thrown uh, towards the Fight Disciples, especially those that have said that they don't like either me or Nick and have just uh, bought Mike, <laughs> our producer, uh, a drink. Much appreciated. He's 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 caked in champagne. He's enjoying he's awesome, it. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he's lo- loving it. Uh, big weekend uh, lined up this weekend. Uh, we've got a fight that uh, a lot of people are extremely excited about in the super lightweight division. Um, we've also uh, got the super, uh, sorry, the featherweight championship, uh, WBO featherweight championship uh, on the line as well uh, over in the States. And we've got a big weekend uh, in the world of MMA. So if you're a big MMA fan, uh, make sure you tune on into our MMA show as we preview everything that's coming up in Dublin and in Las Vegas. All good. Do you want to tell people about your uh, your your fitness regime at the moment? Because uh, a fight disciple has uh, has helped you out, haven't they? Yes. Let me tell you. If, well, pe- people may remember a few weeks ago when we were talking about we just got back from uh, from New York. And we were talking about heading out to Vegas next week and, you know, being in shape or not in shape. And we were saying, ah, got to try and get a few pounds off in time for Christmas. Want to look good in Vegas. Let's go. Uh, And you were taking the piss out of me going running every day. Exactly. Uh, It's jealousy because I can't run because of my legs. So I was like, ah, I can't run. I wish I had, you know, I might go to gym, hit the roll machine, but I hate the gym. Anyway, little did I know that Mr. Trevor Jones of Higher Fitness, Oh, here he is. He's on a freebie. He's on a freebie. Let me tell you, Mr. Jones from Higher Fitness heard that, heard that appeal, reached out to me and said, Nick, I can I can sort you out, son. And thanks to Higher Fitness, based in the northwest of England, he came round and he hooked me up with a professional gym-level rowing machine. Wow. So I have turned into Matthew Pinsent. The last three weeks, I've been full-on Pinsent. To the extent I've actually threw my shoulder out too much, too soon, but really enjoyed it. And you know what? It's helped me keep the pounds down because I, I I did the weird thing of bringing in a rowing machine to get fit and going to Costco and buying three trays of mince pies. So the balance is somewhere in between. I don't know whether Matthew Pinsent ever got through Fueled a three-hour rowing pies. session and was shoving, shoveling mince pies in at the same time. But my three weeks, basically, while the kids have been at school, the last few weeks have consisted of rowing, mince pies, and the Beckham documentary on Netflix. I've just had the the Beckham documentary on Netflix on, headphones in, rowing away, stuffing mince pies in. It's been sensational. Absolutely sensational. S&C, man. Look at you. So if you don't want to go to the gym right now and you want some world-class home equipment at home, reach out. <laughs> Trevor and the boys will sort you out. Leave the follow on my social media. Uh, listen, on a serious note, make sure you are subscribing to our YouTube channel in particular because, as Nick's just highlighted there, we are off to Vegas next week for UFC 296. Leon Edwards taking on Colby Covington. I know this is the boxing show. We've kind of gone off on, into a bit of MMA chat, but just a, just a quick one on this. There will be, seeing as that it's the festive season, there will be things for you to get your hands on from us next week. All right? So make sure you subscribe. And it's not going to be shit. It's not going to be tat. It's going to be proper stuff. And it's all going to be brought to you by a legitimate sponsor of the show, not someone that he's just freestyled onto the program. (laughs) (laughs) All right? So a legitimate sponsor of the program (laughs) will be bringing uh, bringing you some stuff next week. All right? Christmas special. Along with our Fighter Diaries, which obviously went down so well in in, in Abu Dhabi and New York. Fighter Diaries are back for UFC 296. Fucking hell. There you go. That's the mince pies, mate. Knocked him out. Anyway, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube for that. Now, let's get stuck into the boxing, shall we? That's what you're here for. Um, The Zone is your destination this weekend uh, for Regis Progre versus Devin Haney. Super lightweight WBC championship uh, on the line. Might I add, right? I'm loving uh, the Amanda Serrano story. We'll do that at the end of the show, man. I'm loving what Amanda Serrano's done with the WBC. But yep. anyway, WBC super lightweight championship uh, is on the line for Regis Progre versus uh, Devin Haney. Regis Progre, 30 fights in, 29 and 1, 24 knockouts. Uh, on that little run. And Devin Haney, he's also 30 fights into his professional tenure. He's undefeated through those 30. And he's got 15 knockouts on there as well. You've got to commend the attitude uh, of both of these guys, obviously, for making this fight. This is great. Uh, In particular, I'm just going to keep bigging up Devin Haney. I know that 
once upon a time, I was questioning uh, the resume, who's he for, what's the situation. Come on, you questioned it as well. Stop talking. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Devon has always been my guy. Yeah, I've never said that. Always been my guy. I'm not talking that. He's always been your guy. Absolutely. You picked him as you want to watch. You've absolutely championed him. There's no doubt about that. But you have joined in in conversations with me about the resume. And then since Gamboa, I can't mourn. The guy has gone up in level every single time, um, taking bigger steps up. He's gone Linares. He's gone Jojo Diaz. Then he went Cambosas twice. Now he's gone Lomachenko. Now he's going up in weight to take on uh, Regis Progre. Devin Haney is showing the way. This is what it's supposed to look like. You get to a level, right, I've done my apprenticeship. All right, I'm ready now, kids. Okay, let's go in with Gamboa. Brilliant, good performance there. Let's go in with Linares. Okay, got asked the question in the Linares fight, but you absolutely breezed it apart from that wobble in the 11th round. Yeah. Going to Jojo. Okay, Jojo. He's the weight division below, but he's a former world champion. Okay, he's coming up in weight. Let's see if he can navigate it. Navigated it relatively easy. Now you're here for the undisputed championship, uh, George Cambosis. Let's go. Bang, take care of that. You got to do it twice. Bang, take care of that. Away from home, easy work. Let's take on the best in this division, of which many people would say is the best in this, this division, in Vasil Lomachenko. Did he win it? Did he not win it? That's open to debate. We'll still keep talking about that. He got his hand raised at the end of the day, and he he's come it. through the fight. And now he fights a, up in weight against Regis Progre, who is, uh, is a guy that he's obviously uh, thirsty to prove himself as the number one 140-pounder. Uh, this could be a fight which maybe starts that conversation off uh, for both of these gentlemen. I think Devin Haney has been exemplary over the last two years in particular, mate. Three years uh, of taking the fights that the fans want to see, showing proper progression and, you know, not doing what many do. These takeover warm-up pieces of shit. He takes proper fights. Can't. And, he, and he's still only a young boy. What is he? 23, 24? 25. 25. 25 years of age now, is he? Right, okay. But still, still only a young man and he's, and yeah. he's still putting it on. Well, Regis is into his thirties, just by comparison, mm. you know. So, listen, and and again, like when we championed Devin Haney and Tiafimo Lopez a couple of years ago, as our ones to watch, and they both go on and achieved undisputed status, absolutely sensational. And I think one day down the line, we will see them come together. Absolutely, probably here at Super Lightweight yeah, if agree. Devin sticks around, because I truly think that Devin Haney moves up to welterweight at some stage in his career as well. It might even be a hop, skip, and a jump depending on how he looks against Regis Progray this weekend. But you're right. You're right to flag Devin Haney as being one of, not the only one, but one of a collection of fighters now that have got complete control over their own careers. I tweeted this week around about Amanda Serrano. Mm. And I was like, so refreshing to see the fucking dog wagging the tail rather than the tail wagging the dog. I.e. the promoters, the, 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 the fucking belt thieves, the TV networks, dictating to fighters on who comes next, what comes next, and how they do it. Devin Haney, just like Amanda Serrano, has gone, you know what? Fuck that, man. I'm the fucking master of my destiny. I'm the one getting in the ring, putting my, not on my legacy, but some would say my life on the line. So I'm going to be in fucking control of what I do. Hence the reason why this, this, like every Devin Haney fight at this stage of his career, is a co-pro. It's matchroom in association with Devin Haney Promotions or whatever Devin's promotional company is. That's fantastic. Floyd showed the way. Devin's picked it up. But Devin Haney isn't using that to steer himself through easy defences, little pickpocket uh, opponents like we've seen previous champions do. He's going for the toughest opponents possible. Cambosas think he had to do it twice. Then he takes on Lomachenko. Beating Lomachenko was like a right lightweight. Clocked it, motherfuckers. Let's go to super lightweight. Let's go to light welterweight and old money. Straight in with Regis Progray for the WBC. Absolutely incredible stuff. Incredible. And to be honest, I thought I'd be on the show today coming up with this, you know, completely rose glasses theory that Regis Progray is made for Devin Haney and he's going to put on a show and forget what the bookmakers are saying. Forget what everybody else is saying. Get ready to see Devin Haney, vintage legacy definer Devin Haney put on a show. But... Actually, I've been across this fight for the last two weeks now, and I'm not alone. I'm not the only person that believes Devin Haney is something very, very special. And I've been surprised at how many pundits, how many media, and how many fans believe like I do that Devin Haney is 
basically gonna take Regis Pro Grey apart. It surprised me. I thought people would be absolutely maybe 50-50. I think Pro Grey's strength, his abilities, his, his resume, plus the fact that he's an established 10-stone fighter. I thought a lot of people would go with Pro Grey and I'd be like, here comes Haney. Whoa, revolutionary. But actually, most people agree with me from what I've seen. Most people realize Devin Haney is not only the future, but he's the present as well. And he's something very, very special. Do you know what I've written in my notes here? You ready? Go on. This is what I've said about this fight, just to say on the show today. <clears throat> on paper, the names get us extremely excited. Progre versus Haney. This will be a stinker. And the reason why it will be a stinker is because Devin Haney will dominate this fight with his jab. He will school Regis Progre Oof. and become the WBC champion. Progre needs to stop Haney or at least floor him to have a chance of winning this fight. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, and to be honest, <coughs> again, it's because I respect Regis Progre so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I respect what he's done in his career. I respect his body of work. I respect the fact he's been a world champion before. He's only got one loss on his resume, and that was a sensational fight with Josh Taylor. Nice. He's had good... Good wins since then as well. The late knockouts against uh, Zepeda, you know, the early knockouts against Red Catch. These are legit wins. And I genuinely, I was like, mate, I'm so into Devin Haney. I'm so believing in his ability. And what I see Regis Prograde do, I think, wow, that is a field day. That's a picnic for Devin Haney. But I guess everybody kind of sees what I can. But I'm just surprised because Regis Prograde is so good. That so many of us are convinced that this is going to be a, not necessarily a walk in a park for Devin Haney, but it just Devin's just not only is he too slick, a little bit too technical, and incredibly well schooled as a pro. Yeah. yeah, he's also the bigger guy. Believe it or not, Devin Haney's taller, longer, and I just think when you give him those advanced size advantages against someone like Prograde, that. Let's be honest, if Progray loses around, if Progray gets caught with a shot, he likes to land one back. He's not the type of fighter to go, right, okay, yeah. you've, you've, you've hit me with a, a good combo there for the second time. This round's probably gone. I'll get on my bike a little bit. I'll cover up. I'll regrow. I'll come back. That's not Regis Progray. You tag Regis Progray, he wants to put one back on your whiskers straight away, and that opens him up. That opens him up to Devin Haney. I think he holds his hands a little bit too low, Regis Progray, for someone as sharp and as accurate as Devin Haney. And I just, like you, I don't think it'll be a boring fight. Maybe that's because I'm a Devin Haney super fan. No, I think yeah. it'll be a little bit of a masterclass, you, though. I agree. You're not going to get a firefight because Devin Haney doesn't fight with his ego. Devin Haney boxes. <laughs> He's got the biggest ego in boxing. But when he, he gets in them ropes, scared, it disappears. Absolutely. He will dominate this fight with range and jab. I'm not saying, when I say it's going to be a stinker, I'm, I'm, if you're tuning in, Wow, Regis progress fight fighting Devin Haney. It's going to be fight of the year. It's going to be rock and sock and robots. It's going to be a slobber knocker. You go, I go. It's not going to be that. Devin, uh, Regis progress has got to be able to figure out how to get on the inside of Devin Haney and be able to let those hands go and tag him. That's what he's got to be able to do. When have you seen Devin Haney in what you would class as an exciting fight? It's methodical. It's a thinking man's fight because that's what he is. He's a thinking man. His ring IQ is exquisite. His jab's exquisite. His range control's exquisite. He is textbook. And he will dominate those this fight based on all those things, in my opinion. Like I said there, for Regis Progray to have any success here, I think he's got to stop him. I don't think he's going to outbox Devin Haney. Or he's got to hurt him. He's got to floor him. He's got to shake him in some way. He's got to, he's got to try and get him out of this robotic headspace that Haney's got when he's in there. He's cold as fuck. When that bell goes, Haney is cold. It takes a lot to shake him out of that situation. And we haven't seen anybody really do it. I mean, Lenaris clocked him, didn't he? And he gave him a little bit of a stanky leg in their fight. But we, in, I, it was at the end of a round. So he's gone. He sat down. He's had a minute. He's come back and it's gone. It wasn't there he was, anymore. He was, he was, he was, it wasn't like that was the first or second round either. That was right at the end of the fight, yeah. wasn't it, as well? It's like 10th or 11th round so, or something. So we've not, we've not seen him taken out of his comfort zone as of yet. He schools Cambosis. Yeah. Lomachenko, again, there's another thinking man's fighter. That was a proper chess match between the pair of them. And you can make the argument, I think I made the argument for 6-6 six, six at the time. I think you went 7-5 Haney, didn't you? At that, You know, it was a close, close fight. I just, even though I've rate Regis Progray, and the fight that he gave us against Josh Taylor was an 
awesome fight to be ringside for. I just thought the styles gelled well for a great fight that particular night. I don't think the styles gel for a great fight here. What it does is that it allows Devin Haney to announce himself as, I'm a 140 and I'm, a, I'm the new world champion. That's what I think this is going to show us at, at, at the weekend, of which then hopefully will lead us towards the fight that you said right at the start of this, Haney Tiafimo, because I do think Tiafimo is quick enough to get on the inside and is smart enough to cause problems. I'm not saying that he's going to win because he's a smaller dude against Devin Haney, who's an elite technician, but at least it gives you more options for a win, I think, Tiafimo against Haney than Progre against Haney. Do you know what? Do you know a few years ago when we talked about the four kings, didn't we? At lightweights, we talked about uh, Tiafimo, Devin Haney, Javonta Davis, and Ryan Garcia as being potentially the four yeah. kings and, and lighting this lightweight division on fire. Now we've kind of we're coming up through the, these guys are because they were so young and actually moving up the weight divisions. Well, three and three now, of them are here now. Yeah. Now they're here at light welterweight. There's absolutely potential for Devin Haney at least to go up to welterweight as well. That's when we start talking about boot tennis and if he can get his fitness back, Ortiz coming back in. They may might have they might have missed the boat, I would say, with the age of Terence Crawford. But Shakir Stevenson's climbing up these weight oh, yeah. divisions like there's fucking no tomorrow. The 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 four kings that we talked about has now almost becoming like six, seven, eight. Largely American fighters yeah. in and around two or three weight divisions. Like the next four or five years in and around light welter and welterweight could absolutely change the face of boxing in the public eye. If these guys can start fighting each other and Devin Haney, again, we applaud him. And I'm Ryan, Fimo, Ryan, and Ryan Ryan's, Garcia. Ryan's doing it. These guys want these fights. They want the legacy fights. They want the big money fights. They realize that boxing has left down fans consistently for too many years. Yeah. And they are taking control of their own destinies and they are pushing for these big fights and they are demanding big moments. And this 10 stone, 10 and a half stone weight classes, because of the pure talent that's in there, if they were to fight each other in this whirlpool of just massive fights again over the next few years, it could be the salvation of boxing. It could absolutely retain boxing to where it once was. And I think we're on the cusp of that right now with this generation of young fighters so. who are starting to hit their peak. And if that was the case, oh my God, this is where it's at, man. This is where it's at. And this is absolutely a continuation step in the right direction. As much as we've just kind of, <laughs> I wouldn't say wrote Regis progress off, but Styles no. fights, man. And, and Regis's style, he's got power. Looks like it suits Devin's style down to a ground. And we've never seen Devin Haney hurt. And Devin Reed's fight so well. Can this fight go the other way? Absolutely. That's yeah. why I started this by going, I'm shocked everyone's writing Regis off like me. I thought I'd be on my own. But in fact, everyone sees what I see. But that said, when you come to have a bet and when I come to do mixed picks on, on Friday, I might look at it and be like, well, wait a minute. If to get value... There's value actually here, and it's worth throwing a mm. cheeky one over here because Regis Progre is absolutely in this fight. And we've seen it in the build-up, and we will continue to see it with, with the media, presume it's later today, the weigh-in tomorrow, Regis Progre and the camps getting into each other. But you've noticed that before with Devin Haney, trash talking, lot going on. But when it gets closer to fight time, it's Devin's dad that does mm -hmm. most of the shit talking. And Devin kind of kicks back and just has that, like, Hollywood smile on his face while his dad continues the fucking murders. And that's what you said before about when Devin Haney, he's the king of, he, he can trash talk with the best of them. He's got an ego, the fucking size of California, Devin Haney. But when he makes that walk, when he gets in that ring, everything else disappears and he becomes the master technician then. Nothing's personal. It's all business with Devin Haney. Whereas Regis is, emo is an emotional fighter. We saw that with Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor's an emotional fighter. Mm. Throw them in the fucking bag together. Oh my God. It's like, you know, what you what you like to say, frogs in a blender. That It's chaos and it's amazing. But that's not Devin Haney. He'll talk all the shit in the world. There's Campbell cause murder. There'll be fucking all kinds going on. But in the center of it all, you have this serene technician that goes, ring the bell, lad. Watch this. And I think, and I think a lot of us think 
That's exactly what's going to happen. Regis has got to break that. You're right. He's got to land something early. If Regis Progray drops Devin Haney early, we could have, we have ourselves a proper fight. Yeah, we exactly. got to fight, man. We got to fight. Um, but listen, San Francisco is going to be the destination. The eyes of the the, the boxing world will definitely be on that. Um, even though I've said that I think it will be one-sided, I hope I'm bloody wrong, like you just yeah. said. First six, nine minutes, if, if Regis can land something and turn it on its head, we uh, we will get a hell of a fight on our hands. Uh, Liam Parrow's taking on Montana Love on the uh, the undercard here. It's a bit of a weird one, this, because uh, we've got Liam Parrow who hasn't fought for a year. Uh, we haven't seen him since that knockout of Brock Jarvis, if you remember, which was that first round uh, yeah. ba- battle down under type of shootout. That was mega, wasn't it? Wasn't he, yeah, supposed, he was supposed to fight uh, Robbie Davis, wasn't he? He was supposed yeah. to fight Robbie Davis in the and UK. then did he have a shattered <coughs> cheekbone or something? He, he broke his jaw or something in a, in and a training. And his partner stepped in, didn't he? And he beats bloody Robbie Davis, yeah, because we were supposed to get him here. But yeah, yeah, he's been out for 14 months. Yeah. And then if you remember the last Montana love fight, he uh, he flipped Stevie Spark over the top rope. He got disqualified, didn't he? Yeah. We uh, yeah. A little bit of WWE body slam type vibes. Um, so this is the first one uh, back for him as well. Uh, so an interesting fight. I like Montana Love. I think he's a talented guy. I think he's been in with some guys and he's, he's shown the skills. Liam Parrell's done the exact same thing. So I think matchup-wise, I think it's a really good matchup. It's going to be interesting to see how both of those uh, guys bounce back from the adversity uh, of the last 14 months of, of not fighting. We, we just haven't seen them uh, compete. Mm-hmm. So a bit of ring rust uh, as, you, as your <coughs> chief, uh, chief support. Yeah, two southpaws with a lot to prove. You know, there's question marks about Mont- Montella Love's mentality now. He wasn't having in his way against Steve Sparks, which was what instigated him throwing him over the rope Hulk Hogan style. So there'll be a lot of questions asked about him now. And I, I like the way Matchroom have gone, okay, proper fight time then, kid. Let's test that mentality. And Liam Paddo will, <clears throat> as seasoned as he is, an established amateur before he's an undefeated pro, he'll see that, what he did against Steven Sparks, and go, right, okay, this kid's soft in the head. So I'll get in there, I'll step all over his toes, I'll let him feel an elbow or two, I'll fucking, you know, throw the head in on the inside, I'll, I'll rough him up a little bit and try and break Montana Love's focus to see if he does something fucking stupid against me as well. Because a, a fighter who, when the red mist comes down, Ain't, ain't sticking to a game plan, ain't fighting technically, ain't fighting intelligently. And Liam Paddo's schooled enough to go, right, okay, kid, after what you did last time, you're going to be a little bit, you know, people are asking questions. I'm going to ask those questions as well. And let's see how you respond. Are you all professional? Can you keep your, your you know, your your anger in check? Or is that who you are? And if that's who you are, I'll, I'll put you back into that headspace and then I'll take you apart. Because Liam Paddo's a talented kid. Yeah. Uh, Andy Cruz, speaking of talented kid, he's uh, he's on this card as well, making his second appearance as a professional. Uh, looking forward to seeing him do his thing. Uh, and Ebony Bridges is taking on Mio Yoshida. Uh, Yoshida is a replacement opponent. Uh, former, she's the former Superfly champion, so she's a touch small maybe for this weight. But it's good that Ebony, who obviously flew out to Vegas uh, to do a training camp, and obviously going up to San Francisco, one she's got herself on this card, which is great. Uh, exposure for Ebony Bridges, uh, the IBF champion in this weight division, and it's good that the uh, that she's still on the card, given that her previous opponent uh, pulled out, I think last week. Uh, Was it? So. Is um, this the first one with Dave Colvo? Yeah, Ebony I think Bridges? it is. Yeah, I think, I think it, is. it is. I think, I think it, is. it was the first one with Dave yet. So, listen, <clears throat> we spoke about Ebony Bridges in the past and her limitations and that whole Shannon Courtney fiasco and all that, but. What I will say about Ebony Bridges, you know, again, Ebony Bridges, this is a weird one because she, as far as I know, she's the IBF bantamweight champion. They put it, are you looking at BoxRec? They put it as vacant. It's not vacant. She's the champion. It's not vacant. Okay. Just because she hasn't fought for over a year, I thought, fucking hell, the IBF stripped her, tried to make something else. That hasn't come off and then gone, oh yeah, here's your belt back then. Not to my knowledge, mate. I think she's still the champion. I might might be, listen, they might be right, but my knowledge from... Is that Ebony Bridges is still Well, she never lost the belt. So there you go. But when we talk about Ebony Bridges and we talk about, with all due respect, your Katie Taylor's and Natasha Jonas, your Clarissa Shields, she's not quite on that level. No. This is a a, a, a a division that is hasn't got the talent pool, if you like, to, to establish that level. Ebony Bridges is on a different journey. Will she get to that level one day? Who knows? I, you know, I, I don't want to reveal the lady's age, but she's in it. She's in it. She's heading towards the 40s. <laughs> she ain't 40 yet. Apologies. 
but she's in it. She's had a quite a few 30th birthdays, let's say. So where she's at, Ebony Bridges is not the type of champion where I'm saying should be doing 12 threes at this no. stage of her career. Absolutely not. That's that's a different level of women's boxing and it's structured in that way. But what I will say about Ebony Bridges on a positive note is when was the last time you watched Ebony Bridges and were not entertained? Yeah, absolutely. I've never ever seen Ebony Bridges fight and not being entertained. Yes, it's of a certain level, but she always brings it. She's got the heart of a lion. Yeah. She's game as a badger, and that, and she fights to the death. First round to the last round. So this will be entertaining. Yeah, man. This will Listen, be entertaining. She, I like she, watching Ebony Bridges. She's mate, fun. Yeah, she is fun, and she's dedicated. You get lords that, you know, uh, have an opinion on people because they think, oh, they're just utilizing the sport in order to leverage audience in order to make money elsewhere. Yeah, okay. She does other bits and bats to, to make herself a few quid sound. So would we all if we could. Yeah, but she's dedicated yeah, to the only fans coming at you. Who wants to see her? Nobody. Uh, absolutely yeah. nobody. Correct. But she's dedicated, man. She's grafter. She's absolutely put the work in. Uh, so I'm happy for her to be on uh, this card to showcase her talent. And like you just said, she's definitely going to bring some entertainment throughout the course uh, of the week. And uh, she's always in uh, fun fights come Saturday night. So looking forward to seeing her do her thing. Whilst Andy, we... Andy Cruz in a, into, in a 10 rounder as well, by the way, which is, uh, which is, which is recognized by the IBF. This is his second professional fight, Andy Cruz. But Hey, if you're watching fight disciples, if you listen to the show, you know, who fucking Andy Cruz is. Absolute super talent. This is the final fight before the world title fight for Andy Cruz. Third fight will be a world title fight. Mark my words for the Cuban. Special, special talent. And we spoke earlier about like welterweight and welterweight and catching fire and the talent, the Americans, this era, this period. Just throw fucking Andy Cruz in the mix as well, please, kids, because he could be, could be the best of the lot. Speaking of talents coming out of uh, Olympic Games and uh, uh, amateur, with incredible amateur pedigree, uh, not obviously on the same card, on a different card, Rubizi Ramirez is uh, out defending the WBO Featherweight Championship, taking on uh, Rafael Espinosa. This is available for you on Sky Sports. So the other fights that we've just been speaking about uh, are available for you on the zone if you're in the UK. Uh, this one's available on Sky for you. Uh, also on the cards, Andezayas, uh, one of my ones to watch. Uh, Torres Jr. is on here, the man with the greatest tash and mullet that you've ever seen in your entire life uh, that's knocking dudes out. And Delonte Johnson is also on this, a person that we've spoken about uh, on the show. It's a top-ranked card, of course. Uh, Ramirez, if you remember, it's mad his little journey because he, he came into the professional game, loads of excitement, lost his first fight. Weird little four-round split decision loss. He's been absolutely perfect since. His foot has gone down. We were lucky enough to see him uh, on the Taylor Catterall undercard in Glasgow. He was brilliant that night. Uh, Espinosa, who he's fighting this weekend, has absolutely earned his chance. Really fights outside of Mexico. He has got power, uh, but it's all well and good having all that power. You've got to be able to land it. And this dude is elusive. Is Every time I watch him, I get more and more impressed. I want to see the unifications, man. That's what I want to see. But will anybody... Wants to step in with Ramirez because he's a fucking problem. He's a serious problem, you know. And we've we've said that since since Glasgow, since that fateful night in Glasgow, uh, when he was he was the star of the show until he wasn't, until he wasn't, yeah, <laughs> until, the, became, until the judges got involved. Yeah, until it became something completely different. <laughs> he was incredible. Um, he again, like like Andy Cruz, you know, former Olympic champion, an absolute super talent is Rosie Ramirez. Espinosa's a real fighter, but Ramirez should be looking towards unification fights now. And, you know, that means one thing. That means there could be a, a, an opportunity down the line for your Nick Bulge, your Josh Warringtons, all these guys, all these top British featherweights that we've got. Uh, this guy is probably ranked by most people at the top of the tree right now, Rob Z. Ramirez. But there's absolutely some super fights and big money as well, because Top Rank have really got right behind Ramirez, mm. especially since he became a world champion. Um, but yeah, absolutely worth tuning into Sky Sports for him and the undercard. I'm glad you mentioned everybody there. Carrington, Zayez, Delente Johnson, all super talents, all undefeated, 
all in types of fights where you'd expect yeah, they're gonna win. Don't get me wrong. This Zander's is not a... Zander's in a decent fight this time around. Everybody else is in a fight that they should absolutely piss. And Xander should piss as well because last time out he was brilliant, weren't he? He looked he looked the best he's looked last time out. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a standard boxing card, yeah. An attractive main event with the red corner winning every other fight. This is something we've moaned about for years. To be we honest. You'd be, gobsmacked if, you'd be gobsmacked if Ramirez doesn't win the main event as well. Well, exactly, yeah. So there you go. So every 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 fight is a home win for top rank. We need to move away from these cards, top rank. I know Bob's a big fan. I know Bob likes to smoke a spliff and watch Fight Disciples. Bob, man, we're trying over this side of the pond, kid. We yeah. are trying. The, the promoters up here, over here, have pulled their socks up. They've listened to the fans. They've listened to the demands. And we're getting real cards with three, four actual fights on there come on top rank you can do it if we can do it you guys can do it as well it's time to step up now and deliver better cards in 2024 please now just kind of going against what he's just said on sunday i'm in bournemouth (laughs) (laughs) where there is a rather main event rather main event just put that to one side there is a card where you would think that all the home fighters are going to win all right so uh Ben Agreed. Whittaker, Boxer, Price. Ben, come on. You're <laughs> listening as well. Put the spliff down. Pull your socks up. <laughs> I don't know whether Ben smokes, by the way. Uh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he does. Uh, but Ben Whittaker, uh, Lauren Price, Fran Hennessy, all supreme talents. Love watching them all fight. Uh, I think they're in fights this weekend that they will comfortably navigate. Well, uh, Edmondson's fighting a kid who's lost his last four. Francesca, uh, Francesca Hennessy is fighting a girl who's lost the last four. Lauren Price fighting a girl that's lost her last two. Ben Whitaker's fucking fighting a guy I've never heard of, but was emptying the bins in Latvia yesterday. Come on. Right. Um, as I said, uh, we anticipate that those people would win. Um, Michael Mickinson's taking on Musa Lawson. This is interesting. Musa Lawson, uh, this is an opportunity for him uh, to to tangle with someone that's been at the very top of the game. Michael Mickinson is Michael Mickinson. He's never going to dig his toes into the center of the canvas and start smashing people all over the gap, is he? He is um, this division's version, I suppose, of Sonny Edwards. He's he's fleet-footed. He's elusive. He's a supremely talented boxer. Uh, Musa Lawson does have a bit of power. Can he land it? That's the big question. That's the big question. I would say that the answer is probably going to be no because it's a big step up for him. But there's a tiny bit of jeopardy in that fight where you look at it and go, you never know, man. You never know. If you can, if you can clip him, it might get interesting. I would anticipate that Michael Mickinson comes through the distance and wins quite comfortably, but you never know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay. Let's talk about the main events because I'm excited Mate, about the main events. Right. The main event's a proper fight. Mate, I'm, I'm concerned about the main event. Because obviously you get yourself a champion in Chris Billum Smith, who's a lovely fella, can't get enough of his personality. Love speaking to Chris Billum Smith, and I've got to take my hat off here because they put him in a proper fight. Uh, Matthias Masternak is legit. There's a reason why Masternak decided not to <coughs> go through with his fight with Jayapataya. We all, I think, would conclude that Jayapataya is the number one in this division and a fucking problem for every single man and his dog. Matt, uh, Masternak has specifically moved away from the Opatia fight and moved towards this. Does he see something in Chris Billum Smith that he can take advantage of? Um, okay, Masternak's been here for a long time. I think this is his 54th fight or something, something mad like that. So you would automatically think he's of a certain age. He's only three years older than Chris Billum Smith. Yeah, he's 36. I, yeah. I, I know he's got more, more boxing miles on the clock. I know that. But when it comes to actual, yeah, I know. When it comes to actual age, there's only three years between them. Billum Smith's thirty-three, Masternak's thirty-six. Mate, this is not a walk in the park for Chris Billum Smith. Let me tell you, this is a proper fight. Sunday night action as well. Oof. This this might not go Billum Smith's way, mate. This is this is the last roll of the dice you would think for Masternak. He's never been world champion before. Multiple time European champion. Been in with some top cats. Bellew, of course. He's he's been in with him. Fallen short. This is it now. You've got your chance, son. Let's go. He ain't going to come and fucking stand on ceremony. He's uh, he's a proud fighting man, and he's going to throw the kitchen sink at this. Yeah, obviously, I know Masternak well because, you know, it was it was kind of during the, 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 the real rise of Tony Bellew. 
whose career I was covering day to day. Um, when he took on Masternak, and I, and I remember at the time, Bellew, believe it or not, 2015 this was, Bellew was already, he was on the, this was a, a, for the European title. And Bellew was already being world title, world title fights. In fact, he'd already had a conversation with David Hay, believe it or not, about fighting David Hay, about scrapping, uh, scrapping his, his, his move through the rise of, of, the, of the cruiserweights and going over and doing a showpiece fight with David Hay. And Bellew turned it down. Because he was like, nah, man, I, I need to, I need to, I want to become a world champion before I do anything else, before I cash in. And to get there, I need to find out if I'm the best in Europe. And right now, it was either Bellew or Masternak, who was the established, you know, body in Europe. And, and I remember going into that fight, and Bellew was, was, that was at the 02. And he was like, mate, this is a seriously tough fight. And when you looked at Masternak's career, he'd had a couple of defeats by then, but he'd like, Battered some South African down in South Africa, dropped mm. them about 16 times and got done on the scorecards, lost the split decision. Like he'd had a couple of weird losses, mm. but he was absolutely legit. He was icing people early, everything else. And that was a massive moment in Bellew's career to beat Masternak on points. Bellew can bang with any cruiserweight, like he's got the power. And, and Masternak took some big shots. He's always had a tremendous chin. He's been stopped once, but he was stopped on his feet back in the day cut. as well. That was, that was a cut, win. Oh, a cut, a cut. Yeah. Referee, they stopped it on a cut. Never been dropped. And the other loss since the Bellew loss was 2018 when he lost against uh, Dorticus mm. over in Orlando. And that yeah. was on points as well. Yeah. And that was a close fight. You know, he probably yeah. lost it by two or three rounds. Yeah. He's absolutely no joke. He's absolutely not over the hill. No. He's got loads of experience. And you know what? He can be outboxed by a technical boxer. That's what Bell, you had to do. You had to box him. That's what Dorticus did. You had to box him. Chris Billum-Smith is not that guy. Chris Billum-Smith gets his head on the chest and he works away. That's what he did to Lawrence Coley. They figured Coley out. Right, like, this is how you beat Lawrence. This, this is what I used to do to Lawrence in sparring. Not stand at the end of his punches. Not let him land a one-two and then hug me. It's about getting inside and fucking tearing away and making it a fight. And that's how Chris Billum Smith became a world champion. And that's why the Bournemouth fans love him. And that's why he's able to do shows on a Sunday night in Bournemouth because he's got this incredible following. But he's going in with a guy that wants the same fight that he wants, that revels in the same places that he revels, mm -hmm. that has got a tremendous chin. Like, Master, you ain't putting Master Neck over unless you catch him with something amazing. And can Chris do it? Absolutely. Rode on by that Bournemouth crowd on home soil. Of course he can do it. But Masternak, for me, is all wrong, man. Don't yeah. fucking hell, he's all wrong. And there's, you're right. Why go and fight Jayapataya, who more than likely boxes his head off when he can come to Chris Billum-Smith and almost have a fight in a mirror? Yes, Billum-Smith's younger, fresher, home support, tails up because he's a world champion. I still fancy Chris to come through it. But Masternak is a fucking problem. This is a real fight, man. A real fight. All the things that you just said. I I would back Billum Smith to sneak this. Yeah. Based on, like you've said. Come down to knockdowns, this, you know. Could be 6-6 six, six, and who, who knocked each other down most? Or, you know, did Chris stay on his feet? And, listen, let's be straight. Judges aren't the greatest in the world, are they, sometimes? So, therefore, that home crowd might count for something. It shouldn't. It shouldn't at all. You should just judge the action. But he is a bit fresher. I know that he's slightly younger. He will have the home support. Um, but this is a proper fight. I commend the matchmaking, mate. I really do. I think it's, you know, Chris Billum-Smith, you beat Lawrence O'Cully. You could have a little tick over at home. You could have a little bit of a celebration. Go and knock somebody out. Everybody celebrates, dances into Christmas, and we all have a good time. Now, fair play, Chris Billum-Smith. This is a proper fight. A proper fight. Fair play to boxer. Fair play to Sky. That's a proper fight on a Sunday night. So once you've watched all your footy or whatever you're watching on a Sunday, get the boxing on. Because even though they are undercard, as we've just highlighted, you could probably bet your bottom dollar on who's going to win the majority of that. I don't know in that main event. And that's the sign of a good one because Masternak is coming and he's going to have a proper fucking go at this. And he's got the capabilities of winning it. Yeah, and it's his last chance. It's his last Woo! chance to become a world champion. It absolutely is. And, he, and, you know, he's won six, seven, eight fights since he lost the Dorticus. And 
a lot of the guys, okay, there's a lot of Polish nationals and whatever in there, but you're talking about people who are like 15 and 0, 12 and 1, yeah, 10 five. and 0, he's 17 and 3. You know, it's not like he's gone away and he's just knocking over Bim Man to wait for the phone to ring. He's fighting guys who've got strong winning records. Okay, they're probably of a certain level, as I say, but they've got strong winning records. These are guys that are coming to come, coming to take Masternak's name to mm. propel their careers. And Masternak repeatedly just goes, get the fuck. He either batters them or he stops them. That means he's still fresh. He's still live. And honestly, man, I think Chris Billum Smith is going to need that form of support like he's never needed them before. Can he come through it? Yes, he fucking can. Of course he can. But, mate, this is going to be a absolute pre-Christmas war. And I'm going. Bournemouth on a Sunday, lad. Hey. Never trek. been to Bournemouth. Hey, lovely. I, I don't know what it's like. I've never been to Bournemouth in the winter. I've been to yeah, Bournemouth yeah. in the summer, man. Beautiful. On them beaches, that sun's beating down on you. It's a beautiful place to be. But in the winter, I don't know what the... It might be a bit breezy on the uh, off the, off the seafront there near the uh, International Centre. Anyway, I'm looking forward mm -hmm. to it. I'll be there on Sunday. Uh, so if you're down there, I'll see you for a pre-Christmas uh, pre schmooze. Uh, all good. Uh, so there you go. you got uh, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday action, world title action all over the place. Uh, the zone, the destination for Regis Progray and Devin Haney. You've heard our thoughts on that. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Sky Sports will bring you a little bit of WBO featherweight championship action with Rabizi Ramirez and Rafael Espinosa. And then on Sunday, it is about uh, the cruisers as uh, Chris Billum-Smith and Matthias Masternak go at it. Oof. Love it. All good, man. World title action all over the place on a Sunday. Keeps coming, this boxing. Keeps coming thick and fast. And don't forget, next week, uh, we'll be getting stuck into the preview of Bam versus Sunny. Ooh, yeah, joy. baby. Mate, awesome. Um, just a little bit of a note, because obviously, as I've just said there, I'm in uh, Bournemouth on Sunday. And we are travelling uh, for UFC 296. So there might be a slight delay on your review podcasts. So don't be on us, right? Yeah. Say, look at these lads, right? We bought them all a beer last week and they've just got on the piss with it, haven't they? Well, yeah, that's the whole We point. will. We will <laughs> yeah. do that. We will do that. But it's because of travelling as to why uh, there might be a delay uh, to the review of this weekend's boxing action. You never know. We might be able to squeeze something out a little earlier, but it wouldn't obviously involve Billum Smith and Masternak, if we can get something done on a Sunday for you. Anyway, yeah. there you go. Just thought I'd highlight that before the social media abuse comes our way. You enjoying the beers, lads? Yeah? You enjoying this, that, and it? Where's our podcasts? They've done a runner. <laughs> You'll get it. Don't you worry. And it's a big week next week as well. Uh, so just before... Uh, right just before we... Go on. Go on. No, you've interrupted me now. Go on. Just before we sign off, um, I've been getting a few messages lately about... Obscure fight of the week. And where's it gone? Some people like it. Some people absolutely hate it. Um, so what I'll do is every now and again, I'll just sprinkle one in that I see. And because there's a few this weekend, you've got um, uh, Jarrett Heard, who's fighting out in Bethlehem. It's quite apt for this time of the, this time of the year. You've got Tony Yoka. He's fighting Francis. in Bethlehem. Bethlehem. I think it's Bethlehem, California, but you know, don't believe in the even, even though. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've got Tony Yoka back in France trying yeah, to rebuild his career after back-to-back -back losses. He's taken on the Belgian heavyweight champion. That's a last resort. If he can't be, can't be that guy, goodbye, Tony Yoka, you would have thought. But the one I want to talk about, the obscure fight of the week, and it's more about the guy on the opposite side of the ropes rather than the, the home fighter, but down under in New South Wales, yeah. Alec, 25-year-old Alex Walters, who's 18 and 1, is taking on an Australian fighting legend. 50 years of age, Sam Solomon is still active. Can you believe that? Still active at 50. He's taken on a, a guy literally half his age. Sam Solomon, I, I didn't even realize, he fought three times last year at the age of 50. Like I, I, I can't even believe New South Wales are giving him a license to box at that age. But hey ho, it's Sam Solomon. Who the fuck's gonna say no? Well, a little dive into Sam's career, just to just to pay tribute here for a minute, because he is an icon, world kickboxing champion. Mm. Then at the age of twenty three, goes gonna have a go at that boxing game. Me switches over to professional boxing. Has a twenty seven year career in professional boxing. Fought fucking everyone: Winky Wright, Jermaine Taylor, you name it. Fought a who's who. 
was on the Contender Series Season 3. I think Paul Smith was on that one. Fought Sakio Beaker on it, all kinds. He's done, you name it, he's done it. Also a world champion. Be Felix Sturm in their rematch, if you remember. He became IBF, I think it was, middleweight champion of the world. Had a brief spell there. I think he lost it to Taylor. He had, he had the first fight with Felix Sturm, which went down in Germany. And if you remember, they 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 overturned the results and said that he was they'd done him for drugs and he appealed it. And it took like five years or whatever it was. And then the German courts overturned it and said he wasn't cheating. Fucking what a career, man. Just utter chaos. This is his 68th professional boxing match at the age of 50. He's won three of his last four as well as Sam. So he's, he's still doing it, man. And I just wanted to say, Sam Solomon, Aussie fighting legend. Most people, if they were fighting at 50, we'd be on here going, come on, man, what are you doing? But when you're Sam Solomon and when you're a legend, I hope he gets what he wants from it. I don't know what he wants from it. Constantly paydays, maybe he does. But he's one of those guys that when you dive into his career, again, as well as all that, as well as all the achievements, apparently he was like spokesperson for so many charities in America. He opened a gym in Australia, opened a gym for homeless people to train in in Sydney. He does loads with the Salvation Army. Just a fucking all-round good guy, man. So I wanted to say, obscure fight of the week, a 50-year-old taking on a 25-year-old, but the 50-year-old's an icon, man. So well done, Sam Solomon. Go well. Please don't get hurt. And hopefully, if you do take your gloves off this weekend, win, lose, or draw, it gets to go viral because few fighters deserve it much more than Sam Solomon. Madness. This game is crazy, isn't it? Mad. Uh, fightdisciples.com is your website for all audio feeds. So if you want to listen to this show, that's where you uh, subscribe. Uh, we're all across everything. Spotify, the works. Um, and also on uh, YouTube, if you could subscribe to us there, there'll be more content coming your way over the next uh, few weeks as we build up towards Christmas and opportunities for you to win some stuff off us. Some good stuff as well. It's not tat. All right, proper stuff. Good to see some sponsors that are coming on uh, next week. Uh, Fight Disciples on our YouTube channel. Go and get yourself stuck in. Enjoy the boxing this weekend and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.